Hello everyone and welcome back to Tying It Together. I know it's been a little while. I was home for a month and the different voltages actually cause a short circuit in my laptop, which is why I couldn't record for a little while. But now I'm back in Boston, reunited with my microphones as well as a fixed and fully working laptop. And I mean, I was also able to be with my guest Zoe in person for this episode, so that was also obviously a really great plus. So let's see, what are my updates so far on September 19th when I'm recording this? I spent, as I said, a month home, which was really, really nice with to see my family, my brother, my parents, um, and then also more extended family, and be able to work from there, have a little bit of a a change of environment was really lovely and then it was also really nice because Luke got to come and visit Portugal also meet my family there and just see the other half of my countries from where I'm from and then when we came back to Boston we moved into our new apartment which we've been loving it has been a process it has been very chaotic but it's been very fun and we can't wait to see what's in store. We're actually having a housewarming soon, so I'm very excited for that. I'm so excited to host, like be a host, have people over, maybe make some dinner, or just have people over for drinks and board games. I'm really looking forward to that part of, um, yeah, having my own place, our own place. We're also super close to the Esplanade here in Boston, so that has been very motivating for me to go back on my runs. Also, Zoe was staying with me this week, so, and she mentions it in the episode. She is a big runner. She's training for a marathon, so that that motivated me as well to get out and get back on my running game. TV-wise, I've been, well, I actually have just finished the second season of Indian Matchmaking. I think it's just so interesting to see both sides of a relationship that are broadcast it to you the viewer but you get to see um, those people kind of work through it obviously not knowing what the other person is thinking yeah I just think that's really interesting of course with some degree of removal because I know I've been there and it's it's not as fun when you're trying to navigate the dating scene and then on the book side of things I just finished the um, Japanese lover by Isabel Allende I believe she's Chilean and it's actually my first book of hers, which is hard to believe to me because I feel like I grew up always hearing my mom talk about her and saying how well she writes. And I picked it up kind of by chance when I was home because I only brought nonfiction books with me and I was just in the mood to, to read some fiction. And so um, I went to the, my parents' bookshelf and I picked it up and it's just been a while since I picked up a book that hooks you from the start there's just the right level of suspense and mystery romance and just amazing writing around human relationships and it's also a bit of a multi-generational saga which if you guys know me i've probably mentioned the book pachinko one of my all-time favorites and it's also a multi-generational saga so i think there's just something about this genre that i love and that i will always love 
All right, so we do have a long episode coming up. We had a lot of stuff to discuss with Zoe, so let me just quickly introduce Zoe. Who is she? Why is she on tying it together? Um, so Zoe, it's actually Zoe, so my apologies. But we actually have known each other for 12 years. We were in the same school uh, back in, what was it, ninth grade. I, I moved away, but then we met again uh, in university. So we actually had the same econ class in second year, and that's kind of how we reconnected. And then by chance, she also moved to Boston after graduation. So we met here again, and we just got even closer. Um, And ever since, Zoe decided to go on a digital nomad journey and just work from home remotely from um, a lot of different countries and U.S. states. And I always hear the most interesting stories about this adventure of hers and so I wanted to bring her on and ask her some more questions and see how um, this decision this journey may or may not have changed maybe her identity and and how maybe she views the world um, etc honestly we had a blast recording I mean at least I did I hope she did as well it was really nice to record in person. I did have some issues with the mics. I apologize for the quality. Again, I will get there eventually. Um, but yeah, we actually also took a few breaks in between our recording because my laptop was running out of battery. So Zoe took advantage of those breaks. Uh, she was probably getting sick of my questions and also just played a little bit of the piano that we have in the apartment. So I actually recorded part of it and it will play right after this. Which is actually kind of a nice little break between the intro and the actual episode. So that's what you'll hear. Don't be alarmed. Enough of me rambling. Let's just get right into it. I hope you like it. Before we started, we uh, honestly, I think I've been on, yeah, honestly, an hour trying to figure yeah. us out. I don't know if I have, but you know what? We're here with our tea. So he's got her, her little guilty pleasure, which he'll mention, <laughs> and we're ready to roll. My, my guilty pleasure is in this U of T beautiful mug. That's my guilty <laughs> This lovely voice you've been hearing is my lovely friend Zoe. Zoe, actually. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, we, we go... <laughs> We go way back. Go way uh, back. She, she's always bullied me, if you were wondering. And Should I tell the story of how, like... How, how we, we met? met? Yeah. Yeah. The real story the, like, the real story? The real story. Yeah, so, you know, ninth grade, just moved to this new school, just, you know, trying my best to fit in, um, and moved from D.C. to Ottawa, and first day of school, and, you know, um, walking down the stairs, and I get pushed from behind, literally fall flat on my face, stitches, go to the hospital, guess who was the person who pushed me? No, kidding. (laughs) (laughs) She always tells this story without a fail. This is what she tells people. And most (laughs) times they believe it, which I don't know (laughs) what I should make of that. Um, So, yes, I, it's actually the opposite. She's the bully. Just just so it's For people who don't know, yeah. Just so it's clear. But anyway, just as a little intro to (laughs) this podcast, we're here talking with Zoe. Um, 
guess what I titled this episode? Oh God. I'm scared. <laughs> Around the world no. in working days. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Not only is the French education shining through, but that pun master right here. Of course. So um, why that? I'll just give a bit of a blurb, like a little background, and then I want you to introduce yourself and all. But basically, Zoe has been... Um, a digital nomad now for the last year and a half. She used to live with in Boston here with me. It was lovely. We had great times. Um, and then she decided to just leave me here alone during COVID and go on into her fun, exciting <laughs> adventure of traveling the world while working. Oh, That's God. why it's around the world in working days. But over to you, Zoe. Introduce yourself. What do you think are things that the audience should know about you? Oh, my gosh. And what's your favorite podcast also? Just throw that in there. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> I mean, favorite podcast is an easy one. Obviously, it's tying it together. Of course. Um, but the other one that I listen to on a regular basis is uh, NPR's Book of the Day. Ooh. Um, so I guess that ties into, you know... Tying how, it together! Tying it together! Here we go with the fun master. Um, <laughs> you know, Carl and I have been friends for a while both went to the lycée français yeah wait sorry to interrupt you yeah. but let's take a minute how many years has it been it's been since ninth grade, ninth grade so, so that was 14 14 so years, yeah. Yeah, yeah 12 years yeah yeah i know you've had other guests that have known you longer um uh, my dad. dad yeah, yeah notably <laughs> <your> dad. Um, <laughs> my dad um, will know me longer but yeah but yeah so back you to know, you in terms of describing myself the French education is a huge part of my background, and you know, as I said, books. I, I I love reading. I love music, love exercising, sports, and travel, obviously. And then on top of that, you know, amazing friends like Carl, and uh, yeah, we had some fantastic memories over the years. So. We did, we did, and I've always honestly looked up to zoe because no you are i mean no no, no to get all no no no. you are you're very hardworking. you're very passionate about the things that you love and that's what i look for in friends because i want to be uplifted by the people that i hang out with and you're one such person well the feeling is 100 percent mutual if not like it, it again I feel like most people already know calita as a as a person but I feel like when you hang out with her, your coolness level just goes up by a million, you know? Um, there's nothing like hanging out with someone who wears olive green so well um, and who rocks it, you know? And then just makes Too you kind. feel like an amazing person. So those those are truly um, rare pearls, as we say. I, that was the, the translation from French. I, I don't think it's like an expression <laughs> in English, but I kind of hey, like it. Hey, you just made honest. it, honestly. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, and the feeling is mutual, yeah. by the way. I really want to get into the meat of the episode because I feel like there's so much that we have to talk about here. I guess first, let's just really quickly give the audience a sense of what your job is, what you do, and maybe just like a quick overview of what your day looks like, just to give them a sense of like just how busy you are mm-hmm. and how intense your job is. <laughs> that's, that's, that's. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a software engineer. Um, Self-thought, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> no, I mean, with a lot of help from amazing mentors and day-to-day really varies but a lot of the time I guess an ideal day is probably in the morning spent in meetings um project management um you know scope for people shout out to Jira uh scoping tickets and then um the afternoons are really spent heads down 
um, developing, um, you know, for full stack um, features. So um, again, like how I explain it to my grandparents is when you log onto a website, um, there are a bunch of things that you interact with. So I, I do that kind of work, but I also do work um, in the back end as well. Thank um, you for explaining it that way because uh, that's how I understand it. <laughs> and well, I'm sure some of the audience I, I mean, I feel like it's tough, especially too, for that, like um, other generations, like our, our world is so digital now. Mm-hmm. And um, especially when you say like, I remember when I told my grandma for the first time, she was literally like, I have no idea what this means. So um, that's the way that I describe it because mm-hmm. it can be, yeah. Great. And then, so back in, when was it that you decided to embark on this journey? On this journey? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I lived in Boston with my mom um, for since um, since 2018, and um, my mom was moving back to Canada, and uh, that kind of forced me to take a decision as to whether I was going to stay in Boston um, or you know move someplace else to stay put or um, really travel around and not have mm. a, a fixed domicile. Um, so yeah, that, it, it was kind of, you know, uh, 2021, um, let's say in like June that that decision was, mm-hmm. was really made. And it rocked my world. Rocked. Um, yeah. I remember telling you. I was yeah. not happy, but <laughs> I mean, yeah. happy for you, but not happy for me because I, mean, I, I was sad too. Like I wasn't going to see you for, yeah, you know. but it, I guess for you, you had so much to look forward to that was very exciting. Whereas for me, I had just the just the good old routine you I know mean, yeah but so, yeah I mean I'm, I'm interested in like discussing more about that but I, I think that's one thing that when you travel a lot or when you don't have that um stable you know home or whatever um it, it, it's the little things that really um that y- you miss you know mm-hmm. so having mm-hmm. that, that routine of uh you yeah. know like this morning waking up at 7 a.m going for a run um, having your green tea, you know, <laughs> drinking a bunch of water, like having a, a set itinerary and like, uh, friends that you can reach out to every day, mm-hmm. um, is, is, is huge. Yeah. So. And then just again, again, some more background, then we'll get into the discussion, sure. but just get an, uh, just give our audience a bit of an overview of what places you went to, an average of how long you stayed in each place. And then if you've had a favorite place so far. Yeah, for sure. I started off in Idaho for about a month and a half, uh, right on the border with um, Wyoming, um, so near Grand Teton um, National Park and like Jackson Hole for um, skiing aficionados. And then headed to Las Cruces, New Mexico for about three weeks. Um, uh, So that's close to uh, like El Paso, Texas, um, Ciudad Juarez in Mexico, mm-hmm. and uh, White Sands National Park, um, and then did Arizona for about a month, um, Utah for uh, nearly two months uh, for ski season, um, and then I went to Europe uh, for two months, so I spent time in yeah. Portugal, UK, um, Croatia, Montenegro, Albania, um, and France, and then Following that, uh, yeah, just uh, hung out in Canada for about two months and then have been, was just in Alaska and then now back in Boston for for a bit. And you're heading to Mexico soon. 
yeah, heading to Mexico in about a month. So, but yeah, favorite, favorite place, you know, I think, um, definitely I would say I had a really amazing experience in both, um, Croatia and Albania. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the biggest surprise, I guess, was the time difference mm-hmm. where, um, I think I was speaking to a lot of people, the six, I, I, I work, um, you know, mm. Eastern, Eastern time zone. And so right. a lot of people were like worried that, um, you know, ending your day so late. So basically around midnight, um, could be problematic, but, um, I really enjoyed having the mornings to be able to really experience cities or like go for hikes, etc. And that, you know, that that's basically almost seven hours where you can do a lot of stuff. And I feel like in, in our culture nowadays, it's like really hard to fit things in. Um, you know, when, when I'm in Boston, uh, it's really easy to work super late. You, you end your right. day at like eight and then you're like, oh my God, I haven't gone for a run or I haven't seen any friends. And then you're mentally exhausted from mm-hmm. all the work you've done. So having that kind of like buffer at the beginning of the day I found was, was really, really nice. And mm-hmm. then obviously the cultural experience there was, um, super fascinating as Mm -hmm. well Um, i i find it interesting that you point out i guess the the benefit in terms of work because obviously you were working this mm -hmm. entire time actually my my next question was going to be out of the one and a half years that you've done so far how many days did you actually take off Mm -hmm. if you have any idea just to give a sense of that but just just really quickly again i was expecting your answer to be more about like oh, I went this place and I saw, you know, I don't know, I saw an elephant for the first time and that was really cool. Yeah. So it's, again, I think it really shows um, your personality, how hardworking you are. Uh, but we'll get to more of the work things. But um, yeah, how many days did you take off in a year and a half? Do you know? Do you have any? I don't know for, so I know definitely since, the, you know, beginning of 2022, I've taken 22 days off. Okay. Um, so that's, you know, basically four weeks. Okay, um, okay. And one of those weeks was at the beginning of the year, driving across um, the country to get to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, a week in Alaska, a week in France. Um, but yeah, the rest of the time just... Right. Yeah, so that's... And then, you know, random days here and there. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously the biggest thing was you were always working regardless. Yeah. And <laughs> going back to, I guess, uh, when was it? June 2021 when you decided, all right, this is what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. how, I mean, I remember how I, re- I reacted, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but how did your coworkers react? And were, and were you, because I know that now a lot of your coworkers mm-hmm. are working from different places, yeah. mostly in the U.S. from what I understand, mm-hmm. but maybe also in, in, in the world. But how did they initially react to your decision of just taking off and, and working remotely? Were they worried about maybe your performance or like did they voice any 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 worries or was it just smooth sailing um yeah it was I would say honestly I'm really fortunate to work at a company that I think your output and like how your productivity is the most important thing Mm -hmm. so uh to be honest I I didn't sense any worries about it um I know there were discussions like in the background about you know whether it was going to be okay or not and I never it never got trickled down I guess so um I don't know that's one thing I really love about the company I work for is Mm -hmm. um Encore shout out um it's um it's just that it's all about you know the performance and you know the traditional working model Mm -hmm. um which I'm sure you've been exposed to as well is like you know you're in the office from Mm -hmm. 
9 a.m. to 5 p.m. You have to be there, show your face. And so many of my previous roles, like, you're there for eight hours, mm-hmm. but the amount of work is probably two hours. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think I have more work than eight hours mm-hmm. on a typical day, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter what environment you work in as long as you can get the work done yeah. uh, well. So. No, I completely agree with that. And obviously I haven't done as much traveling during this time as you, but I did work from home, yeah. mostly in Portugal. I was there for a while, uh, two different jobs. Um, and, and we're both, like, both companies, like, the same? Both were, I will say... Um, like the first job I had way more meetings Mm -hmm. and you know uh they knew that I was in Portugal but you know I felt bad asking for meetings to be at a time that would be more convenient like I was still working eastern time the the place where I'm working at now are extremely flexible Mm -hmm. and they're a little bit like what you were saying like as long as my work gets done and as long as it gets good quality and I do attend meetings and everything like that it doesn't really matter where I'm doing it from. I haven't really done it for very long anyway, maybe like a week here and a week there, but, and I appreciate that a lot and I agree. Um, I find that, I I found that, I've heard a lot of people say that they're less efficient from home Mm. um, because they get distracted, whatever, but I actually find that I'm much more efficient from home. But at the very beginning, it was so weird. I was like, all right, I'm gonna do my work. And, you know, four hours later, I'm like, I feel like I'm done. Yeah. But I have all these hours, ex- like, left, and I don't know what to do with those hours. Um, but that's the beauty of it. Then I was able to go maybe on a little walk and just kind of de-stress, you know. Whereas in an office, you kind of always feel observed. And if you don't look busy, then it looks a little suspicious. Like, what are you doing? Sure. Um, so I think, yeah, it, putting that emphasis on outcome and efficiency has been a nice outcome of this. But I guess, like, for you, for example, what is your ideal work? You know, are, are you kind of, like, a pro-hybrid model? Cause I, I think hybrid yeah. would be great, would be ideal because the one thing that I do miss is the social aspect. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to engage with my colleagues and talk mm-hmm. and maybe grab lunch with them and have some conversations, see humans, <laughs> have some human interactions and relationships. But I do not miss, you know, the commute and waking up earlier and getting home late, especially that. Just like at the end of the day, it's so nice to just be like, all right, I'm done. And now the rest of the hours are just all to myself. I mean, and I'm fortunate I don't even have a long commute. You know, it's just just so much nicer. You can just go on, right? Like if I want to go on a run right away and then just decompress so that's that's been very nice there's been plenty around you know hybrid models whatever let's talk about really like (laughs) how this has changed you since (laughs) so there's a there's a bunch of literature out there that has argued that people's work identities are mainly derived from the organizational environment in which they're embedded where they work but then of course through these advances in digital technologies and the pandemic there's been a bit of a restructuration of the labor market as we've just talked about these hybrid models completely remote like i sometimes go on linkedin and i see some postings just remote so how would you say your work environment has predominantly changed what do you think has changed the most or what have you noticed have your relationships with your co-workers changed maybe have your way that you look at or even um, like work, how I structure my day how you structure your okay, day okay. um anything like that like yeah no I think it's interesting like um and my company I would say most people are 
we're, we're getting to a place where most people are working remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think one of the big things with me traveling now, I think I realize that working remotely can be like kind of not isolating, but it's hard to feel a part of a company. So I think one thing for sure is like setting up in terms of my day-to-day structure and my relationships with my coworkers, mm-hmm. setting up more um, like one-on-ones mm-hmm. with people that if, if we were in an office, like we would probably talk to each other on a frequent basis, mm-hmm. but now it's like allocated time to have discussions with coworkers about like work or, you know, other aspects of life that are not necessarily there. And then in terms of like my structure, I think that I'm much more like now the type of person, as, as I was saying before, like in the mornings or, or whatever, I really take time to do things for myself, which mm-hmm. I think prior was, you know, it, it, it was always hard to fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes like lunch breaks, you know, like going for a run or, you know, right. grabbing lunch or something like that. Like I, I wasn't the type of person prior to COVID that would would kind of take that time mm-hmm. and, and do things um, on my own. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're almost more intentional yes, about your that, that, your social relationships at work and you make more of a, not that you didn't, but you make more of an active effort um, to make sure you have yeah some time to catch up with everyone, whether it's work or not. I think that's very, very important. And again, as I said, that's the biggest thing that I miss is just that social component. Yeah. Like now it's just meetings and I feel like on zoom meetings once they're over it's you know that's it they just disappear from your screen and you don't get that extra five minutes which we were complaining on the way back home a little bit that like you know it just always runs over Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's annoying but at the same time it's it's nice it's a warm feeling of like wow I'm, i'm connecting with someone on a on a deeper level than just oh here are the deliverables and here's the schedule whatever yeah it's i would say it's it's really hard um i and i think like once you meet people in person even if it's just and we were talking about that but even if you just meet someone once um it can really change a lot about how your relationship builds Mm -hmm. but I definitely feel fortunate that I I don't know um for me like I'm a software engineer but I think at the end of the day like the most important thing when you're working in a company is like the people around you yeah um and so I really feel lucky that I've built like with people who I have never met before um like I, I, I consider some of them like my friends you mm-hmm. know yeah. um sorry met in, in person obviously <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so it, it, it's definitely I feel like it's a really tricky balance um uh-huh. and but it, yeah I completely agree with all your points and do you feel like I guess this change that you've observed mm-hmm. has translated into what you do outside of work too with maybe new people that you meet or with family or or even current friends and if so how yeah I think that's actually a really interesting question because I distinctly remember it was probably in like right when I graduated and I was I think I was like complaining to my aunt or something that you know friendships are really hard to maintain Mm -hmm. and you really have to put in a lot of work and and I was feeling like very overwhelmed and I remember my aunt saying like Um, you know it's like a garden like if you consider a friendship like a plant you really need to water the plant like frequently Mm -hmm. Um, and I think COVID one of the things that taught me is just the importance of really like strong friendships that you try to maintain so Mm -hmm. on that point I'm not the best texter (laughs) as you know and I think most people know but I am definitely intentional in terms of 
reaching out and saying, let's set up a time to mm-hmm. catch up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a three hour catch up is always going to be better than like, how are you doing? Question mark. Like, <laughs> I am good. And you, what is new? Like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'm making that sound like super robotic, but it, it, it I, I, I just, for sure, like, it's, it's really interesting that you brought that question up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I feel like I definitely have started more and more making a concerted effort to maintain relationships with people that I, I you know I see once a year mm-hmm. no yeah for yeah. sure and honestly I kind of I agree too you're not getting that much value for how much effort you have to put in to like go back and forth on a on yeah. a texting conversation when you could just have a really solid even one hour call and just really get it all out there and then it just feels so good you feel like you're really actually connected I mean you see the facial expressions right. of the people right. like it's it's very different yeah and I think phone calls over I, I, I used to hate talking on the phone and I still don't love it but I think that obviously like video calls are important but it just even if you're really struggling like day to day and you know I, I always try to be there for my friends and if someone reaches out like the first thing I'll do is I'll, I'll try to call them um, you're not going to text like, Hey, like my life is horrible right now. <laughs> like, it's not something you're going to text, you know, like, how are you doing? Actually, I'm really doing horribly and I need support. Like th- it's only going to come out if you, you see that person, right. like, whether it's on video or in person. Right. Um, and I think you're able to recognize and that person can like, you know, and open up. I think. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. So we talked about, and it's actually funny because you basically just addressed the question that Charlotte asked you at dinner today mm. about, like, do you find it difficult staying in contact with friends now that right. you're traveling um, around around the world in different time zones and all? And I will say, I feel like, yeah, it sucks that I don't get to see you every week like we used to, but I feel like we are just as good or even better in terms of like communicating and, and staying in touch and knowing what we're up to i also am really glad you have an instagram so i can look at what you're doing and see the beautiful pictures i mean alaska was beautiful oh i wanted to ask you about the flip side of that mm-hmm. which is you know obviously you do travel you've traveled a lot with like company you know for example you recently went to croatia with your brother yeah and you meet up with friends mm-hmm. and whatnot but you do spend some of that time alone definitely so i wanted to ask you about for you to speak about loneliness as a digital nomad and how you've dealt with that how it's def it's probably different i would assume from just being lonely or you know maybe it's not lonely but just more alone in a city that's familiar to you and how how you've dealt with it if you've even encountered and yeah just any of your reflections on that i would say that i am again I think if, if most people know me I'm I'm a I'm an introvert and so I actually really like being alone um and I think that that's really not the case for most people so when I was traveling I never felt lonely sorry when I was traveling alone I never felt lonely I think that the amount of mental stimulation that you get mm-hmm. from visiting new cultures or hiking or you know for me that that never translated into loneliness and I think it's it's um a lot of excitement so I I apologize in advance that this might not be the most interesting answer to your question but I think no it's, it's your it's, answer um I I never f- you know I, I'd work as well I feel very fortunate to have like a really good um support system um and a lot of people that I'm in contact every day I think 
it, it could be different where, you know, for example, I don't talk to anyone at all in one day, and maybe in that case I would feel a little bit more lonely. Right. Um, and then I'm also, you know, very, very close with my family mm-hmm. um, to the point that we talk every day. So I, I never felt lonely. And, and maybe it's just um, an aspect of my personality that when I travel, I do like to um, do a lot of things. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not um, probably when I went to Europe, I was there for probably like 70 days of those 70 days there were probably only three days where I didn't have an activity plan where I literally just like stayed in the apartment mm-hmm. or whatever and mm-hmm. worked so that's so interesting because I do like to have personally I do also like to have my own time to just recharge like my social battery and all like I can't yeah. just do a whole week of socializing I'll just I will not be in a good mood I will not Join be good patient <laughs> but um what I found and I've never done solo travel did you ever do solo travel before this kind of I went to France in 2019 for a week and there were I, I went on my own I met up with okay. a friend there but there were some days that I was alone mm-hmm. like in Paris exploring on my own the thing for me with that is that I I see travel, and we'll talk about like more specifically about travel and like how we view travel. But to me, experiences, I guess, which include travel, I really value being able to share them with someone. When you see something, you want to like comment, and be like, "Oh, look at that!" I, I don't know. And like as I said, I haven't done it. But even the few times that I've gone out in Boston to do something that's more than just running an errands by myself because I forced myself to do that because I was like I can't always do things with people like people get busy so I think I went a couple times to a museum by myself to try it out and it was it felt a little awkward because I wanted to you know point something out and then who am I going to point it to or I wanted to ask a question and just make a joke or an observation and so that's why I don't I personally don't think I would like solo traveling but I think there's it's definitely a big virtue to be able to do that and yeah I mean that's just what makes you and I different I guess I feel like I would just be like yeah it was nice and like you have to be there with me you know well I think to that point I think you would be surprised because I yeah. think that's a lot of for a lot of people I you know um kind of, not a fear but maybe and and as you said you know going to the museum alone or, or, or getting used to doing some activities alone I completely agree that I think um, life in general is, is not about being alone. It's there's such a social mm-hmm. innate like social aspect that right. we that we need to fulfill. And mm-hmm. I think um, the the what I what, what I would tell people is for me traveling the two things that I didn't like doing alone were um, eating at a restaurant alone. I right. find that uh, the way that I grew up having and and we talked about this yeah. yesterday as well, but. Um, eating food um is such a social and a social thing Mm -hmm. um that I I personally I think when I went to Europe I went to a restaurant twice alone Mm -hmm. um because for me those are like really special experiences Mm -hmm. and I don't really necessarily want to spend money on something I can't like share but Mm -hmm. on the other end hiking or um going to a museum I, I get enough joy out of seeing something that I love mm-hmm. and not necessarily and, and not needing the um 
I, I don't need to share it with someone. Mm-hmm. I just enjoy it for yeah. what it is. Yeah. I guess. And I think you would. Uh, sorry, all that to say, yeah, I think I th- you would surprise yourself. Like, I, I pro- yeah, I, probably I feel would. like even if you did like a little weekend trip, like you, you would probably, you probably love it. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I see the idea of it is very appealing. Just like wow, I it's just so relaxing. I can do. Exactly, as you were saying, yeah. just pursue whatever I love and just get joy from all these activities. I think it's, it's really nice. It's probably just, you know, that first jump, that first uh, step. Yeah, it's like jumping into um, a cold pool yeah. or like the, the ocean yeah. in September where it's freezing cold. Right. But then it's one of the best things you can do for your body. So. Did you find that, because uh, you made a point about, you know, when, how you grew up, um, it you know, even eating was a very social activity you always had dinner together with your family and you mostly lived with roommates all of college right and then you grew up with obviously your family and then you lived with your mom here in boston so so i guess what i the question how i was thinking about it is these are the first few times that you were really i guess like living alone in a different place as well and adjusting to a new routine all of these things did you find that coming back now for to a more i guess stable because you went home for a couple months did you find that some of your habits or some of your likes or just routines or little things that you usually do change because of this year and a half i would say it's some yeah i would say it's very hard actually living alone and then coming back to an environment where you have to live with people and mm-hmm. like the expectations and the cleanliness I guess mm-hmm. I did live alone uh for one year when I uh, lived oh, in, in Quebec that, City right um and I, I love that as well but yeah I guess I, I don't know if anything specifically changed mm-hmm. I you just I, notice little things more maybe yeah little things or you know I I, I notice for example that I'm keep my room very messy mm-hmm. I mean I already knew that about myself but when I go home and I look at my brother's room it's always you know spick and span like oh, right man, this is not good. um <laughs> yeah yeah but other than that I don't think there's anything it, it, it's maybe more about um like frustration or something right, you know right. or like household chores and, mm-hmm. and um easier allocation mm-hmm. but that's almost like anything right like when it's just you there's no communication barrier right the only person you can blame is yourself right right um so yeah I also yeah. go back home where I grew up and I had my own routine there and I was so accustomed to it and the way my parents and my brother lived like together as a as a family and then obviously I've been out of um, my parents house for eight years now which is insane but then I always go back and the moment I get back in there I'm like reintroduced and kind of automatically re revert back to that but then each time I've changed a little bit, you know, each year I change a little bit or because I've lived alone or with roommates and I've studied since, like little things about me, mm-hmm. about my identity have changed. And, and I notice that when I go back to like a familiar place, how like how differently I feel, I guess, mm-hmm. in that very familiar place. And I remember, wow, like I used to, you know, keep my room very dirty. Yeah. And now because I had to live with people that were not my family, that would not give me a green pass, I, I come back and I notice I'm like, I mean, my parents will think I'm very messy, but like, I feel like I'm much yeah. better. <laughs> little things like that, like you just notice. And I think it's, sometimes it's so minimal, but I think it's so cool to notice your changes and your evolution, I guess, in that way. I, I think that's a really interesting point. I, I think for me, having lived with my mom 
Best mom ever. Shout out. Um, <laughs> I love her too. Gosh, my adoptive mom, basically. She's the best. Um, <laughs> but having lived with my mom, it, um, it, it's a really different evolution, I would say, mm-hmm. um, where I, I don't feel as though the evolution was really, you know, obviously things happen in my life um, and I lived through different experiences right, right. and traveling and things like that, but I feel like. M- to be honest, more of the evolution occurs with, uh, like, the relationship with my parents, for mm-hmm, example, or mm-hmm. the relationship with my right, brothers. Right. Um, not as much, I think, in my habits day-to-day mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also I was, like, at home during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, same, right. same thing. Like, I, I you know, I, I definitely I, I remember... I guess I don't, I don't dwell in the past a lot, I mm-hmm. think. Um, I remember... I, I, when I now now that I'm probing those I'm activating my my neural uh, network um, <laughs> but, but neuroscience um, yeah, exactly. um, <laughs> my memory uh, engrams um, I remember you know in in high school like the, the everything I, I was so disciplined I would like do like 50 push-ups every morning sit-ups things but I hadn't thought of that until just now, you know, right, so right. I, I definitely have changed in some habits, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. I guess like on a day-to-day basis, it's really more about how I interact with my parents. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I feel like, I guess, um, what it, maybe I didn't explain very well is, Sorry, I think, no, 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 that's really fine. <laughs> I think, you know, I notice those little things because they surprise me more. Mm. And it's and they're just kind of surprise me all out, out of nowhere a little bit because they're not as important in my day-to-day, but... I do agree that also my my interactions with them have changed and my relationships with them and I will say they have improved actually uh, by being far away and kind of reconnecting and you know maturing growing growing up becoming my own person all of that but I focus more on the, these little things about your environment just like you know the constant That's... and then you go and you change like just like this year right you went and you saw all these countries and then you probably come back and you're like you, you notice the little things that you'd never noticed before but so so it's interesting again another probe so i guess to answer it i i i'm i don't think i do that okay i don't think i go home and i'm like oh you know well i i mean i always knew like oh my god like the ceiling's paint is peeling. yeah um, and not but, necessarily but, home by by like the building of your house but home as in maybe even your home country because it's something that you've been mostly used to. Okay, I mean, sure. you also moved around a lot too. So that's what I was going to say is like for me, it's it's really not, and I'm, I'm curious about your perspective too, but um, there are really a limited number of places that have been in my life as I've grown up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like that thinking, like the, the only, I guess, our house in Ottawa we've had for 12 years now or something, but... Um, I, I don't know, I still, that's, that's like half my life and the mm-hmm. other half of my life that wasn't in the picture. So mm-hmm. I don't, I guess I don't associate, for me, the environment again is more about the people mm-hmm. um, okay. and less about like the physical space that I'm in. Like, obviously you'll notice when you travel and you come back to Canada and you're like, oh my God, Tim Hortons or <laughs> like, <laughs> maple right, syrup right, or right. like, or much, you know, oh, that, that metro or like this place is gone, but it, it, I, I don't know it, maybe it's just you're you're more thoughtful about those things than I am but mm-hmm. for me it's really more about I, 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 well as you were saying kind of like the constants in my right. life which has been my family right um, right so yeah I know that's interesting and I guess like beyond like your home and your 
like immediate environment, I guess. One one thing that I personally, I feel like sometimes I, I start making connections with, mm-hmm. again, beyond my family, is I feel like the more, the more I've traveled and the more I've seen, the more I find similarities between places. And that's probably just like, pure like that's what the human brain does like it tries to find right again like similarities connections no and it, it expands and, and i think that's also the the beauty of like traveling as well is just kind of what you mentioned is your that is literally your mind being exposed to new things and the way that your mind processes new things is it tries to anchor in things that you've already seen before mm-hmm. right right yeah exactly so but those are new connections that anyway Getting scientific here, but um, th- those are new connections that your brain right. makes, and that's like that's extremely healthy for you and your brain is that openness to new experiences. And I don't know, I find it so indicative of your personality of how thoughtful you are on this topic. You know, because I I don't think when I travel I think about that, but it's one hundred percent sure that it happens. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but until you race it now, I don't think I'd ever. I have never made that connection. That's so. Um, in, it's so interesting yeah. that just again, it's that's why I have this podcast. Sort of relatedly, I wanted to touch on that on the topic. Of, wait, did you know Dave Chang, the no. chef? No. Wow. Okay. I I from Momofuku. No. Okay. Momofuku. Um. No, I don't think I. Okay. No, I'm not. Well, he recently times. made. He had a. He has a podcast as well. Okay. He mostly talks about. I'll have to check it out. Like food, or he has like chefs on it on on it, but he, they don't only talk about food. They also talk about just ideas, oh, thoughts. Oh, cool. Okay. And sometimes he rambles a little bit, but I mean, I listen to a few of his episodes. Well, anyway, I ramble <laughs> all the time, so apologies, listeners. No. But one of his episodes, uh, somewhat recently, it was a few months ago now, but it was about like how you travel, how that kind of changes as you travel more. And what you look for in in your travel. What does that even mean to you? Like, what do you seek to do? And what do you? And one of his points that he was trying to make was now, especially again, as we mentioned before, with you know this digital world where you're so connected, you can look at pictures of the Coliseum from every angle if you right. want, from all the way in Iowa. And there's like you know Instagram, all these social media platforms, and there's all these guides online that you can ease and mm. YouTube videos. There's so much, and you you could quite literally travel the world right. without leaving your living room, whatever. Especially if you have, like, an Oculus or something like that. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. And so I found, and I've personally found that sometimes when I over-plan and I over-research a place and then I go there, I kind of get let down a little bit, actually, because I feel like I'm following these, like, check mar- check boxes. And so I've a little bit more recently just let, you know, I make a rough plan of what I'm going to do and then... I, I try to more consciously just like experience the place as it is and experience its culture in whatever way I can. Um, and you know, if I don't see the top 10 sites, then so be it. I'll have seen something else. I'll have a more unique experience. Right. Exactly. And I think that what you're doing is a good way to actually get to know a place because you get to spend more time and not only spend more time, but kind of immerse yourself in that culture and but yeah, I just wanted to know from your perspective how you see that. Has it changed since you started? Uh, what kind of yeah mentality do you go in with? And yeah, just what are your thoughts? Yeah, that's no. I think I, I definitely want to listen to that podcast episode. It's 
interesting because I think more and more, starting probably um, when I traveled in 2018 with uh, Charlotte, you, you realize that travel is a lot about people, I think, mm-hmm. and that's probably the most authentic experience you can have mm-hmm. is um, experiencing another culture. So the best trips that I've done, um, I, I tell is Rwanda, I went for a month, and Lebanon when I went for two weeks. Uh, because I really felt immersed um, in the culture, making really solid friends in that period of time. Because and, and that to me is what I seek in, mm-hmm. in travel is is having is, is establishing like connections. Even even if there are people never, for example, in Albania, um, I was staying at this woman's apartment, and when one night she knocked on my door and, and and her whole family was having dinner there, and they invited me to eat dinner with them, mm-hmm. and. That's like the, the again. This is not. It, it, it's unfortunate that social media portrays always. It's always like, top ten most beautiful places you have to visit in Albania. Like, because it, yes, those places are absolutely beautiful. But I'm gonna sound like such a cheese person. <laughs> but the most beautiful thing is actually. Oh my god! Like I, I sat. I I sat. In hyper, hyper. Yeah, exactly. Hyperbole. Um, I sat down for dinner with people who literally didn't speak English, but they invited me into their home invited me to eat the food that the, you know their traditional food mm-hmm. and that's not an experience that's like I'm Instagramming this like because it, it doesn't look it doesn't look beautiful like, yeah <laughs> right like run down shack or something but, <laughs> but that that connection with other people is is so that's what I seek in travel right yeah I don't know if that answers your question no it, it does okay. yeah for sure and what about yourself like what would you say is your um so I guess sorry to, I think, to um, you know on 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 TL like too long don't read is for me the two major things are the people and the food. People and the yeah. food. Uh, I think food is a big one. I get recently went to Istanbul with my brother. You know there were some things that I wanted to see, but I didn't set too many expectations, whether high or low, whatever it was. I was just like I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna enjoy the time with my brother. We're gonna bond. We're gonna see a new place, and it's gonna be great. And like there are a couple of things that I was like, if I hopefully get to see that, that would be great. If not, it's fine. Uh, and you know, I especially me as food, I'm like, oh, like, where can I get the best kebab? Where can I get the best pita? All these things, you know. And we just stumble upon. I guess like the equivalent of what like a diner or like a like a family restaurant like a local family restaurant and it looked so like the people looked so happy and so unassuming and like it looked good it looked like you know like a very solid like neighborhood place not lots of tourists just like you know lining up outside and we're like hey we're hungry like it's lunchtime might as well just go here and those kinds of experiences I feel like especially when you get to do that again as a tourist in a short trip when you are kind of on a tourist itinerary is so rewarding like this is so cool like I had more of an authentic experience yeah no it's interesting because I feel like we both touched on the concept of like authenticity yeah and just going back to your other point where now you we, we live in a world where you can you know uh, quote unquote travel to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anywhere from your phone and I think Anyways, I'm going to get very philosophical, but, like, the notion of reality and, wh- like, how you experience reality is, I mean, it, it's it's huge in all aspects right now, but I think for travel especially, and, like, what does authenticity mean? Like, 
and how does that tie to reality no, as yeah. well? No, it's true. It's a, it's a full body experience as well, right? Like yeah. It, those, most applications focus on sound and um, vision, but smell is huge. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what you think, but smell is huge. Oh, We're no. just talking about how I recently went to New York and I was just right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> smell is huge. Sounds to me are huge. huge. That's a huge thing yeah. for me. Like it just sets the scene. Something that. Um, Luke does actually which I really like and I should do is sometimes in certain settings he'll just take out his phone and just take a, a voice like recording mm-hmm. of the place like and then he'll name it like uh, when we went to Miami to give recording of like, I like that a lot. and then it's just like that moment in time and it's kind of that unique moment and you can listen I guess kind of like the podcast in a, in a way but yeah I mean yeah exactly authenticity I think in, in a way we both touched on in, uh, a little bit about travel is so subjective oh absolutely so so subjective like it almost angers me how there's like must do's for a certain place or whatever it's like everyone's yeah. gonna everyone is different everyone's different everybody has different passions like you don't necessarily have to go to the moma if you're not interested in right. modern art like that's okay don't force your, like yeah. don't force I mean, it again i, I just want to because i know we're talking about travel and stuff like that but i also do want to acknowledge just how incredibly fortunate oh yeah you know like it's so many people around the world don't even have the opportunity to to travel and for me like that's it's actually the number one um you know on abraham maslow's pyramid hierarchy of needs like <laughs> travel is probably like the highest honestly really? it's the highest thing you know like once all your basic needs like it's such a luxury yeah. like i again i feel so for even just that be having this conversation like how privilege and you know lucky it, it, it's it's really anyway sorry i just wanted to say that no so no, that no i mean people don't think that I, yeah like, we're like, oh well you know no, I mean, when i went here. to bali like <laughs> no I, I agree I, it's obvious it's, but i think it's important to be stated because again i, I know so many people that yearn for their life to go to this of place course, and, of course of course um, and now especially just with if you have you know a, a good good base um and family's healthy whatever the ability to travel is just yeah. so easy now so. yeah no of course and um yeah no we're extremely privileged yeah yeah i, di- I didn't want to come off as conceited or something like that so uh right it's my turn to ask a question we move on to the more like the reflection part of uh of the podcast oh, where okay. i ask you to reflect about your it's experience really so tough far. for me i'm not sure i may be able to deliver on that this might change, obviously, because you're still going to do this for, what, another year, probably, right? Yeah, so, least, yeah. actually, that might be interesting to go back and talk to you next year and see yeah, if your fun. answers are similar or whatever. It would be really fun. I was curious to know, what kind of skills do you think are needed to succeed as a digital nomad? Love that question. I would say probably number one is self-motivation. Mm-hmm you really have to be able to, again, if, if work is important to you, which it is for me, work-life balance is crucial and you need to be able to motivate yourself to work while being in really unbelievable places. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think that one's a skill. I think kind of tied, I'm, it's kind of cheating, but balance. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it can be really, again, themes that we've touched on, loneliness and being busy and being able to find a balance in mm-hmm. all of that, um, I think is, is huge as well. And then probably my last trait would just be 
the ability to kind of I'm like fearless it's not fearlessness but <laughs> but to be able to take on new challenges right. um and not be afraid when things go wrong so you know what we just talked about and, and you were saying with travel you love the unexpected a lot of times right those things can be negative mm-hmm. you know um and during our trip to alaska recently mm. as i told you and many others we had um a you know challenging experience where we got caught in a snowstorm but forcing yourself to go out there and to and to tackle those things while traveling and working i think you need to have a certain amount of ability to like take on new risks and, and feel uh, mm-hmm. challenged so. yeah no for sure what, what about you what do you think like what do i think i mean i think i agree with mm-hmm. what you've said definitely self-motivation i think that's that's huge again speaking from my i guess speaking from my experience of working remotely definitely self-motivation it's so hard to be surrounded by people that often aren't working or are yeah. working different hours than you definitely. and just like telling yourself like i gotta get this done like this is what i need to do right now i guess also self-awareness as like mm, that's true yeah. just because you need to know i think you're you're in a different environment you don't have your usual routine so i think it, in, in terms of you know i, I think it's easy to go too hard sometimes or go too not as hard and it's it's linked to also self-motivation yeah. uh but tell yourself you know like just because you're in this new environment doesn't mean that you don't need to exercise for example like if that's something that like keeps you you know mentally sane and like keeps you healthy and whatever just keep a semblance of like some sort of routine that i used to have within that new environment i feel like helps me but i need to be very self-aware of like what I need and how I'm feeling and um, because it can be very confusing you like you're doing your job that you're used to doing at least for me at a desk at home or in the office and all of a sudden you're translated into a whole new world that's just so exciting again there's distractions but yeah I think those would be the two main ones just from my experience I honestly don't think I could do a whole year of this Mm -hmm. I uh, I know myself I would just get way too excited and like it'd be it, it'd be very hard unless maybe I was again maybe if I was doing it with other people who were also working during the day I think that would be that would be good but I also just like a home base just one place to always go back to I feel a lot so another question that I had was what would you tell June 2021 Zoe if you knew what you know now and is there anything that you would do differently the first part of my trip I was traveling with my ex-boyfriend and so I don't regret any of that um I think that I would say that I would try I would tell myself for for that period of time um to really enjoy the experience of uh, like you know we did so many incredible things Mm -hmm. um and I think a lot of the time I was focused on more like the relationship and things like that. And whereas I, you know, and, and that's obviously so important, but really like enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> <Carpe> diem. <laughs> but no, seriously, but in, enjoying and again, recognizing like how fortunate I am to see the things that I'm yeah. seeing. Yeah. Um, and I think that I really learned that. So when I traveled to Europe and when I traveled to Alaska, most recently, I think my trip to Alaska was 
so um, incredible because I really felt so in the moment and so even when things went wrong the car like we got a flat tire I got pulled over I didn't get a ticket we got a warning but just things like that where things don't go as planned Mm -hmm. and it's so easy to get anxious and worried about and and just for me as a person I feel like on on some things like I worry about it and it, I shouldn't mm-hmm. and um I, I would yeah I think the the most concise after that rambling section <laughs> is um just uh worry less and enjoy enjoy the journey yeah I like that a lot mm-hmm. I think that should be about life also in yeah, general for sure for sure what are you most looking forward to in this upcoming year of this journey? Is there anything specifically, or maybe just an idea, or something that you want to explore, or I don't know? This it... podcast. <laughs> well, mean, you'll be back sure. in a year. I'm super excited. No, um, so I guess I'll separate into three things: places I'm excited to go, and then life events I'm excited for, and then personal, personal things. So yeah. on the first one. I'm so, yeah, I'm, I'm, again, I might not be answering question, but um, I'm so excited for my, my upcoming trip to Mexico with my really good friend, Phil, who is Mexican-Canadian and um, experiencing a completely new city that I've never been to. And yeah, just just trying to speak Spanish, um, getting back into that flow, which is going to be a disaster zone for me. But again, a challenge yeah. um, in that sense. Life events, like one of my really good friends is getting married and it's going to be the first wedding that I go to that's one of my really close friends and I'm just so thrilled uh, to be a part of that and to celebrate that. And I'm sure as the months go by, again, like really exciting things are going to happen. Um, and then personally, I'm just really looking for, again, looking forward to grow as a person. I mentioned, you know, speaking Spanish um, and being exposed to a new language. I think mm. it's a huge one for me. Uh, continuing to run I'm running the marathon in Toronto and it's just been so awesome to see progress and um, so yeah more like athletic endeavors not really you know just continuing to to work at it and uh, try new things yeah yeah yoga we talk and and yoga I think stretching stretching important (laughs) if you're listening to this go stretch go stretch (laughs) stretch while you're listening to this but um you know, as, as, as I, it's, it's fitting that I'm ending that, I guess, on the, in those things, because, uh, you always want to stretch after your workout, everyone. This is um, true. But just the, yeah, it, the importance of stretching, especially for, uh, recovery. And Carl was laughing at me this morning because I can't really sit on my heels. And, <laughs> it was um, weird, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was hovering. I was like, what's wrong? It, it's just, it's, <laughs> What's wrong? Um, it's just it's just so fascinating to me that and that's what I love about life. I and I love it's life is so incredible that there are things that you actually really don't need much and you can grow so much as a person. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like I can't sit on my heels. Like that is I can no, but but genuinely it's <laughs> no, your no, body. No, 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 it's so know? true. And, it's and, so true. And, I'm and laughing, like, but I agree. Wow, like you, I, I, I could work on this for the rest of my life. Yeah. And that's like so cool that yeah. I have something to grow in mm-hmm. that area. And mm-hmm. there, you know, again, there's so many aspects that you can challenge yourself to. No, that's to. that's great, and I I love that you always see 
I guess the positives even with a challenge like it, it'll be it's so easy to just be like I just can't sit on my heels I'm like I'm weirdly shaped whatever well, definitely with the bullying from you it's like <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's great to move forward and look up and look um, to the future That's look like to the future exactly thing. there's so much good coming and uh, you've already learned so much from your past and your present and can only imagine how much more uh, we'll learn I mean we knew each other in ninth grade and yeah. we've just changed and learned so much so I can only imagine even in just one year I feel like honestly the last couple of years have been some of the most formative ever you, you were reading that book, right? The 20s? Yes, you, yeah, the, yeah. the Defining Decade. Mm-hmm. I think I've already plugged it in a past episode, right. but I'm going to uh, recommend it again, it again no, to because, everybody. It's yeah. so, so good. It's so true. And yeah, these are your years to, to do these kinds of things yeah. and to uh, be a little reckless and no. to have fun. Not that he, no, <laughs> she didn't mean that. She didn't mean that, I promise. I promise. <laughs> No, but it's, yeah, (laughs) no, but it's, um, I think just like how rich life is and how the experiences you can have are so varied and so unbelievable, you know? And again, I feel like it's so easy to get caught in this trap of your day to day and forgetting about little things that are so important and that, you know, probably most people that are listening to this podcast have access to or like, you know, just even a really good friend that's that's amazing and that gives you the opportunity to grow um just those little things uh make make the world like an amazing place life is incredible it's so true i love that we're ending on this positive note everybody i hope you enjoyed this episode i loved it it was great (laughs) a few uh, issues with the mics but it was all worth it oh were there issues was i like spitting it no Oh, this is awkward now. Yeah, exactly. um, I think this is really interesting. I hope it helped you maybe like think about things that yeah. you hadn't thought about before. Definitely the environment question. Yeah, it definitely really helped me think about um, different ways. And again, as we said, how different people think about life in different ways. And I'm excited for when we come back in hopefully a year and see where you're at and how life is going and what your plans are. And, and a huge shout out to Kaluta for being just again, you know, incredible friend for the past twelve years, and just no. feels so <laughs> blessed to be on this podcast. No, and honestly. thank you, Zoe, so. for coming on and agreeing uh, to my bullying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> to, I, I to come say, on and sit here for like almost three hours. No, it's great. It's great. <laughs> what else am I gonna do? You this know. is true. I mean, she is trapped in my apartment exactly. right now. So exactly. How am I gonna escape? This was the only way. She's... Thanks again, girl. Thank you. Aww. Mic drop.